Curiosity on Dublin City FM. We're here. We're queer. Let's get into it. Welcome to Curiosity. I'm Podrick Wilson-McCarthy taking you through the next hour. Coming up, we have a rainbow roundup and I'm speaking to Senator Annie Hoy about the news of trailblazer Senator David Norris's retirement and also I'll be speaking to Pradeep Mahadeshwar about the Queer Spectrum Film Festival which is happening next weekend. Reeling in the Queers is back this week and I'm taking us back to the year that John Travolta made absolute mincemeat of introducing Adina Menzel at the Oscars. Take a listen. Here to perform the Oscar-nominated, gorgeously empowering song, Let It Go, from the Oscar-winning animated movie, Frozen, please welcome the wickedly talented, one and only, Adele Dazim. <laughs> Whenever I strip over my words on the radio, I'm like, at least I, at least I didn't do it at the Oscars. Anyway, uh, James is still not here. We are not in the safe, warm um, hands of James this week. You're in my clammy hands instead. And I do have a brilliant replacement for him. I've, I've wrangled in uh, an expert in radio for, I suppose, a performance review for me. It's producer Megan. Producer Megan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Porig. You've done very well so far. <laughs> I'd give you a 6.75 at the moment. What about James, though? You wouldn't give him 6.75, would you? I don't know. I am slightly suspicious. Last week, he was saying that he was studying. Yeah. Now he called me, like, literally apologising. Oh, short notice. Oh, terrible, yeah. terrible. I'm really sick. I, I think... There must be a bear week in Lanzarote I or something like that. I was thinking the exact same. Mm. And you know why he's leaving last minute? Because he doesn't want me to look up where bear week is on. I'd say if we look at his social media now, we might see some very tasty photos. You, you could possibly. And if anyone wants to look at them, do at your own risk. It wouldn't be me anyway. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> James underscore O'Hagan. <laughs> there you go. No, he is obviously very sorely missed. But will he be back to us yet? Yeah, he and will. We get, look, when the cat's away, the mice will play. Well, no, I'm here. I'm in well, charge. You're going to I behave know, yourself. I know, but I, I have you around my little finger. <laughs> in some know. ways, in some ways. Oh. Anyway, you're going to join us for the news. I am, yes. And I'm going to do my mystery bop with you this week, mm. which is very exciting. I'm already thinking. I'm how, like, what, like wrecking my how, head. How are what you? Year? How are you with queer bops? Pretty good. Are yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty flashy. Okay. I'm a good dancer. If you win the point, does James get it then? Well, that's all for you to play for. You have to suck up to me an awful lot during this episode <laughs> and then I'll decide. You know, I, did you get your hair done? Oh. <laughs> it's lovely. Yeah, thanks. Sweetie. Anyway, should we do the news? Sure. Okay, this is this week's Rainbow Roundup, a deep dive into the queer-related stories that cut our eye this week. And first up, I want to talk about Dan Wooden. Do you know Dan Wooden? I know he's on that really kind of yeah. controversial GB News exactly, and network, he's, he, I suppose he's he's a journalist that has always been very controversial. Yeah, um, and a lot of celebrities don't really like him because of that. You know, he has no loyalties to anyone, and he does work for that like very extreme um, broadcasting channel, I guess. Yeah. And for him to actually be, and this is the news, he's been replaced on, on GB News, right? Okay. Until further notice, they've stated. So for him to have to leave that now is pretty bad, right? What the did he do? So he was suspended in September, right? And it was just kind of all, it was just like he's he's not coming back for now, but now it's officially until further notice. Um, he did an interview with uh, Lawrence Fox. Who um, is also very far on the right. Yeah, yeah. And like they would give him plenty of airtime on GB News, right? And, and, and in this particular interview, he went on this massive sexist rant aimed at a journalist journalist named Ava Evans. Um, and then for, for the entire of the, the interview, I guess, Dan just smiled and giggled. And this was off the back of like, 
like a lot of other stuff. But I just want to play a clip of the interview first and we'll okay. chat about it then afterwards. Yeah. We need powerful, strong, amazing women who make great points for themselves. We don't need these sort of feminist 4.0. They're pathetic and embarrassing. Oh, Lawrence. Well, look, she... <laughs> Like it's not easy, and like what I will say is like there was far worse said than that. Really? You couldn't put it out, and then for for Dan to just sit there and giggle and smile at it, it was just is very uncomfortable. Was he just going for the shock jock ratings? I guess that's what they do, isn't yeah. it? Really, like that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to drum up a bit of I don't know drama. Just I guess adding to like polarization without a doubt like they're yeah. spreading so much hate and like they're they're encouraging people to get involved and then I do think that Lawrence Fox actually got arrested afterwards really yeah for, for a number of different reasons I guess but um, and he's also been suspended until further notice from coming on but this like Dan Wooden it comes off the back of a string of ac- accusations from former colleagues of the uh, in the sun and an ex-partner of his um, where he was actually catfishing other men and um, paying people for, I suppose, sexual content mm. under the alias of being somebody else. So like, it, it, it had been coming for a while, I think. And then mm. like, obviously this was obviously the straw that broke the camel's back. But I don't think anyone is very upset to see the back of him. Do you know? Even GB News. No, GB News are like, get rid of him. Like celebrities have, have speaking out, spoken out against him. Carol Vorderman has spoken out against him. Lily Allen. And as well, like he's kind of known for being really... I suppose he had been really harsh on Caroline Flack prior okay. to her death as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah. anyway, from there to more positive news. Next Saturday, the yeah. 25th of November is Clonmel Winter Pride. Oh, lovely. Yeah, which is, do you know what? It's like a little bit of sunshine, something colourful on a dreary, yeah. in dreary November. Um, it's Are a go- we going to have Santa in chaps? I don't... <laughs> Well, if they don't, then they need to do it now. <laughs> no, do you know they're they they are holding this beautiful, um, gorgeous event next Saturday. Their summer pride was cancelled because okay. there was a, obviously a, a devastating yeah, crash, which yeah. you know devastated the entire country. Yeah. Um, and that was cancelled at the time, and um, they're bringing this. And I think that's a lovely actually idea for the community to come back together after something that was that have been so difficult for them to go through. So they've got some lovely events. Um, a pride parade kicking off on Gordon Street at twelve thirty. Then they've got a family fun day in the Kick and Barracks Hall with food and stalls and entertainment for all of the family. And then of course. There's an after party as well. It's Pride after. Gotta have an after party. Yeah, of course you yeah. do. Um, in O'Keefe's is the venue, um, and the celebrations include fabulous drag queens and sing along social. Oh, they're amazing! Oh my god, I would have so much fun. Yeah. I would dance and sing. It's great Absolutely. crack. It's great crack. So yeah, best yeah. of luck to them. I hope they have a fabulous, safe, and fun day. Uh, taking it over to Jakar- to Jakarta in Indonesia now. Okay. Right? So this is a bit bonkers to me, actually. Right. Um. It is said that there was between 200 and 300 conservative Muslims marched into Indonesia's capital calling for the cancellation of a Coldplay concert because of the banned support of the LGBTQ plus community. Now, I wouldn't have seen Coldplay as being their, a target. No. Do you know what I mean? So, so look, critics in the country say that their show is suggestive and that the band's support for the community threatens to undermine Indonesia's moral fibre is what they're saying, right? Okay. Um, previously, Lady Gaga has cancelled concerts over there. But it, it's just, it's a bit mad to think that a, not even Coldplay could I play could over. think of better reasons to cancel Coldplay oh, like, than their support the for the community. This is the thing. Like, I mean, I wouldn't cross the road to see them, never mind march to see them. Do you know what I mean? Or to cancel them. But yeah, I just thought it was a bit bizarre that like they're even, they're targeting 
Coldplay now just because they're supportive and they, look Chris Martin does you know is known to bring out the rainbow flag and Wonderful. stuff like that yeah. which is great and it's yeah. brilliant representation and, and like you know we love the, an ally mm. but like, it's just a bit bizarre to me that they're even trying to cancel them because of that like that just goes to show that there is um, a lot of hate there isn't there there is yeah and I think as allies uh, if allies are getting attacked you could imagine how bad it is for the community over there. Absolutely. So somebody as big as Coldplay this is getting the marched thing. on. This is the imagine thing. if you were a gay person there. A hundred percent. And Coldplay is a universal band. So even, you know, there's going to be plenty of stray people who are looking forward to this concert now. Mm-hmm. They've said that it won't be cancelled. It was sold out in no time. It's going to go ahead. And this is a very minority yeah. amount of people. You said two you know? to three hundred. Two to three hundred. Yeah, yeah. Enough to make like headlines across the world. Yeah. Do you know? From one music event to another though. Okay. Uh, Mighty Hoopla have announced their lineup for next year's festival. Do you know Mighty, Mighty Hoopla? No. It takes place in Brockle Park in London on the June Bank holiday every weekend and it's basically this fabulous queer like celebration. They pride themselves um, in their freedom and expression and they're known for embracing alternative and queer uh, culture I guess right and it takes place every June Bank holiday I went one year it was super mm. um, this year's lineup is outstanding it includes Nelly Furtado Kim Petras and En Vogue and then wow. Countess Luan do you know Countess Luan? No No see I don't know her either right Okay But if you watch Real Housewives she's yeah. from the Real Housewives of New York franchise right and she's like apparently a singer as well a reality star and a singer but the gays have popped off online now because like like Nelly Furtado whatever grand it's Countess Luan the fact that she's going to be there has been like the biggest I suppose uh, shock to everyone uh, other than that though Jessie Ware Rita Ora and Louise Rad- Redknapp and also our very own Bewitched Aww. yeah Bewitched are headlining a gig there as well I hope they're done Double denim still fits. I'm sure they'll find a way and if not, they'll sort something out. Yeah, well, you could put patches on. Well, there you go. Yeah. That is all the time we have for this week's Rainbow okay. Roundup. A pl- Megan, you're a pleasure to have. Oh, a I'm sure I'm much have. prettier than James as well. Uh, well, easier in the eye for sure, I will say. I will say. <laughs> <laughs> he's going he's gonna to kill us. Oh, he's totally going to kill wow. us. I'm on this side of the glass, uh, so it's fine. There you go. Coming up, I'm speaking to Senator Annie Hoy. And we're taking a look back at the legacy of Senator David Norris. But first, seeing as she's headlining Mighty Hoopla, it's music from Jessie Ware on Curiosity. Earlier this week, Senator David Norris, the longest serving senator in Ireland, announced his plans to retire in January. I think he's. I think I read somewhere that he was heading off to Croatia and he'd be dead right too. He has served in the Shannon since 1987 when his election made him the first openly gay person to be elected to public office. During his time in the Shannon, he played a pivotal role in the decriminalisation of homosexuality and through his guidance and leadership, he helped to move Ireland out of an era of exclusion and marginalisation for LGBTQI plus people to seeing us emerge as a global leading light. In his announcement, he said that it was time to pass the baton on to the next generation and joining us now to talk about David Norris's legacy and the importance of diverse representation in politics is a member of that very next generation. Um, Anne Hoey, Senator Annie Hoey, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, How are you doing today? I'm all right. I'm really looking forward to talking about one of my absolute uh, political and activist heroes. Yeah, well, I was going to call him an icon earlier and I was going to like, can I call him an icon on the radio? I'm sure I can. 
I think so. I think it's very fair. <laughs> I think so it's very David fitting. David Norris an icon. Absolutely. absolutely Look, on that, right, David Norris has been a trailblazer in Irish politics, right, especially for, for queer rights. Um, could you, I suppose, share your reflections on his legacy and the impact of his presence in the Shannad in the context of Ireland's journey towards better inclusion? Yeah, so as you outlined, you know, he obviously was crucial in getting homosexuality decriminalised through taking cases against both in the High Court and the Supreme Court in Ireland, which both were uh, rejected. And then he went to the European Court of Human Rights, which shows uh, a real benefit to that European network that we have to be able to hold our country to account when we're not being held accountable uh, ourselves. And he actually won that case because it was infringing on the rights of adults to engage in acts of their own choice. Mm. And that was in 1988, but the law still wasn't repealed until 1993. So that was the first five years of my life, you know, which is kind of crazy to think about, you know, the first few years of my life that I was living in a country, kind of unbeknownst to me, obviously, that it was a okay. criminal act to be, uh, to engage in homosexual activity. You know, that seems kind of crazy, I think, when you think about it. That's not that long ago. No, it's not. It's, it's really not, not sure it's not. No, and I know everyone jokes about, oh, when you think about 30 years ago, you think about the 70s, but actually it was the 90s. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah, yeah. But actually, it really still in the grand scheme of things wasn't that long ago. And when you think about it, it's in very recent history that we would have had uh, the resounding vote for marriage equality. We would have had at this time the gender recognition mm. legislation, and then only a few years ago as well around uh, reproductive justice and bodily autonomy. So those things came they were recent you know there, there yeah. was a, a bit of a gap there of of a kind of floating in the ether we decriminalize homosexuality we still had a good bit to do um and, and senator david norris was such a part of that, obviously from the the you know the iconic yeah. at this point, taking ireland to the european uh court of human rights but also all throughout his career in the shannon being an advocate not just for lgbt rights and he talks about this himself where he realized through that uh, piece of work around uh, decriminalising homosexuality, but also to be an advocate for other marginalised groups, I know has been uh, a stalwart in the in the Shannon for that. And, and I, I would ask anyone to go and look at, you could pick any one of his blazing, impassioned, incredible speeches that he has delivered over the years. And they just send shields down your spine because uh, it's such an honour, I think, for us in Ireland to have such a passionate advocate. Yeah. Or, or I was going to say advocate for justice, advocate against injustice. Yeah. Um, it, you know, he has been an incredible uh, public representative. It, it's 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 when you mention there, like his his speeches are, you know, the times that he's spoken public, like that is something that strikes me. It's something that I remember him is is that he's so he was he's he's such a passionate person about what he believes in, and and what you say about you know like his the, the bravery that he showed in the eighties, I suppose, is in a way. Um, serves as, as something for us, like, as, as a role model in a way for, for other referendums that have come since. Isn't that, isn't that true, like, I suppose, guess, really? Absolutely, yeah. And if he hadn't have taken that case, I mean, possibly someone else might have done so. Totally. Or don't, you know, do you know what I mean? And there yeah. was a global, there was a shift towards the decriminalisation, perhaps. But that's, you know, we love saying these revisionist things, oh, sure, what would happened? It would have happened anyway. Without, yeah, I know. Do you know, like, yeah, yeah do you know, be gone with you. Do you know what? This was the man that actually did it. He was the one who, at, at great cost, do you know, this is, he, he was one of the first, he was the first 
um, gay man to be interviewed live on tel- on television. You yeah, know, it's I, incredible. I, it's it's amazing, and and that was what I was going to start with my my next question. I suppose he's most notable for being um, the first openly gay man to serve in Irish public life, and similarly. You broke down another barrier, becoming the first female parliamentarian to come out as bisexual. From your point of view, how important is diverse representation in politics and how do you see it shaping the future of Ireland? Well, I mean, all diversity is is so important. And Mm. I really have to say, you know, we are miles off where we need to be in Mm. terms of representation, both at a local political level and at a national political level. It's great to be able to say I'm the first uh, out bisexual uh, second out woman to ever have been elected. Wow, uh, I didn't, uh, sorry, now I need to stop you there. I didn't know that that's incredible. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy to think that like in 2023, that's where we're at. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, I, I, so, I, like, it's kind of shocking in a way, actually. You know, you would you would assume that by now there was more. But fair play to you. Yeah, and I suppose, I mean, I don't know, you know, we, we, can, we, could, we could spin off and do a whole other show on bioerasure and stuff like that. To- and, totally. And, you know, and it is definitely something that should be should be spoken about more. Absolutely. But we still have, you know, we've never um, elected a trans uh, member yeah. local, nationally. We've only ever had the first traveller woman elected uh, in, in this election cycle into the Shannad. Yeah. There have been uh, women who have ran. But do you know what I mean? We're, we're, we're just not where we need to be. You know, that diverse, you know, Ireland has Absolutely. a glorious, diverse community. And there's a little, there's a, some representation now happening at a local level and I think it's going to be really important for political parties mm-hmm. I mean there's an independent structure as well which uh, um, is a different set of yeah. political parties to really take that seriously not through running token candidates but meaningful support for candidates um, in seats that can be won or seats that if they're not going to be able to be won in this election will be the next one which is very often sometimes the plan sometimes you have to run one to win the second yeah. time but, you know, like really meaningful support. And I really recall um, last time during the locals, we had some some candidates running. And when I heard their experiences, you know, I just, you know, I was like, geez, I'm just not at the races and understanding some of the stuff that they were experiencing. You know, and that was a real wake up call to me as uh, a candidate. Then someone got elected and now uh, a national parliamentarian to, you know, and, and to take that very seriously. And, and when you have the likes of, David Norris uh, and these trailblazers who who just went and did this. You yeah. know, they 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 championed people regardless of what the cost was themselves. Yeah. You really have to kind of look at ourselves in 2023 and look around the room and be like, what are we doing? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We are honoured enough to share a chamber with Senator David Norris. Now, yeah. what are we doing to yeah. tackle the injustices um, facing society? And, and I, I really think his presence has to be and part of his legacy has to be that it puts the willies up the rest of us to, yeah. to get up and he's, do something, you know? He, he set a huge standard, I guess, hasn't he? Yes, yes. You yourself have been in the Shannon since 2020, am I right? Yep. And and since then, like, you've campaigned on loads of issues from, I suppose, from abortion, healthcare and LGBTQ plus rights. Since you've, I suppose, entered public life, what are some of your own achievements? And I'm going to ask, I don't know whether you're going to want love this answer or not, but what are some of the challenges that you faced? But you know what? The challenges are almost, um, <laughs> the imposter syndrome will, will shudder <laughs> for me. So I'll go. I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And people are like, Annie, you do know that you're like literally a senator, right? Yeah. You need to kind of get a grip of yourself. And Pin- I'm like, I pinch couldn't me. possibly. I'm like, who would listen to me? At I know. All? They're like, get a grip. I know. Sure, that's how uh, I feel being on the radio as well, Annie. We'll get there though. Yeah, well, the two of us will drag each other. Absolutely. We'll do like a support circle, be like, no, you are excellent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you exactly. need to say that every yeah. day. Absolutely. <laughs> 
I'll take your number afterwards. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, we'll, we'll have a chat. Um, I suppose, like, look, one of the challenges, and and it's very easy sometimes to be uh, on the opposition side, you know, like you can yeah. scream and shout, you can do whatever you want, but also there comes with that a really frustration. And like, for example, you know, I worked really hard on with student nurses. It's been something I've been working on for as long as I've been politically and act as an activist before, before I was even politically active, you know, when I was in the Union Students in Ireland, mm-hmm. Student Nurses Pay was one of the first campaigns I was involved in. And I, you know, we wrote legislation, myself and my colleagues at the Labour Party, to try and tackle some of the student nurses' pay uh, inequality. And I remember the day that that was, I was presenting it into, into the Senate, and a quote came back, and it was never really attributed to who had said it, mm. but that the government weren't going to vote against it, but that they were going to let it go into the ether okay. once it had gone. And that is so frustrating and yeah. so disingenuous. And, you know, so that's, a, you know, and it's, it's there's a, a quote from a colleague of mine who says, I'd rather do one day in government than 20 years yeah. outside of it. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? So obviously, I'm, it's, you know, you can frustrating. Chase the, it must be quite yeah, frustrating yeah. for sure. So frustrating. And then people stood up from every single party and independence and were like, this is a great piece of legislation. We love nurses. It's so, so important. Yeah. yeah. And then that it was just going to be voted off into the land of nowhere. I was incensed. I was nearly lifting in the chamber. Especially, especially when you work so hard on something and you feel so passionately about it and then for it just to be struck off the record. Yeah. 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 And like, and look, that's, that's how these things work. The government have a majority, therefore the government gets to do what the government know, wants to do. Yeah. But like, just, it was so blatant. Totally. And, and I can just see that. I can see the, I can see it in print. We're going to send it into the ether. What what, oh. what 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 in terms of highlights then, you know, that stick out in your mind or something, you know, one of those probably one of those moments that you you you, you look back on your own career and say that was a great time. Yeah, I mean look, we I've had some we've had some great times in there. We've yeah. had some, you know, really important <laughs> legislation where you're kind of going uh one on one with a minister. I think something and it's actually only just recently passed its way through the doll, but something that I was very involved in in the Shannon. Um, and with a number of civil society groups and activist groups, and it's following on from the 2018 referendum, is the safe access zones legislation. And that has finally got its way through the the Dole Chamber, has passed, and will hopefully now come to the Shannon Chamber before uh, before the end of this term. We've got a year left. Um, And that took an enormous amount. You know, there was legislation drafted, there was co-signatories, there was Together for Safety who were doing so much work on it, you know, and all of the other groups who had been involved in the referendum. This was a key piece of, um, the, you know, that, that was promised that we yeah. would do that. So that's been, you know, that, but that has taken a huge amount of work. And I, it's something maybe I naively didn't really think about when coming into it. The amount of work that goes into yeah. I can't even one, imagine. I can't one even piece imagine. of legislation, you know, and another piece that um, my colleague, uh, Deputy Branton Highland, worked on, Coco's Law. Yeah. That took a, 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 one of our most talented parliamentarians, may I say, yeah. uh, someone who's able to work across the political divide, like two, like quite some time, yeah, you know, not just even one dull term to yeah. get that through. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's an incredibly important, significant piece of legislation. Without um, a so, doubt, it's, re- it's relentless work on your behalf, isn't it? Yeah, you know, so so those are those moments are that are because you can really see the meaning that they will bring. You know, like Coco's family coming in, Absolutely. save access zones. I get contacted by by uh, women and pregnant people who are just, you know, have just been kind of bombarded 
um, outside places and sure. they're just really shocked and they may not even be going in for that purpose so I know you know I've had people contact me being like gee because I saw that outside the other day and I just, I just couldn't believe we were yeah. still doing it in 2023 I know I, we know, I know and and, pe- and people don't realise that these things still, still do go on you know yes. um, Annie yeah. before I let you go right looking ahead what what would the changes be that you what what changes do you hope to see in the political landscape, especially in terms of diversity, equality, and inclusion? Well, I suppose when when you think about our, our main uh, discussion of topic today, David Norris, you know he's a trailblazer in terms of LGBT rights. So I think we really need to continue fighting to improve for the lives of LGBTQIA plus people today. So we have the hate crime and hate speech legislation that is due back. That to come back into the Shannon and we need to pass that as a priority and there are lots of varying opinions on this but I'm very firm in my opinion that we need strong, effective, robust hate speech legislation that is not just for our community, the LGBTQIA community but for other marginalised groups for whom I don't think our law and legislation is up to par and there's a lot of misinformation whizzing around. Of course around there is, especially at the moment yeah. Yeah and I, you know I've been very firm in supporting that. A number of, you know, LGBT and other organisations have come out in support of this. And I really, you know, if there's any government people yeah. listening, that, that that piece of legislation cannot be kicked to touch. We're nearly there with it now. They can't be chased off just because we're in an election cycle and they're worried about it. And I think the other, I suppose, on, again, on the theme of, of our community, um, you know, we need to have the conversion therapy ban. That was due to come back in October. And that also can't be something that's chased away. You know, it, it, was, it really was a promised piece of legislation. And I, I thought the last thing around is the disregard scheme for gay and bisexual men who still have that criminal conviction. You know, there's been a lot of really important work done on that. Um, it needs to be very broad, needs to be very inclusive. My colleague, Jeffrey Jed Nash, you know, in the last session uh, brought that forward, you know, just to get the apology. So those are those are just three areas I could speak to you. I can just I can just hours. I can just imagine. I can just imagine. Listen, Senator Annie Hoey, I'm taking some comfort anyway knowing that you, we've we've the likes of you out there fighting for our rights. Thank you so much for coming out to Curiosity and speaking to us today. I'm sure we're going to hear from you again in the future. Thank you so much for having me. Thank it's been you. Absolute pleasure. Bye. Curiosity on Dublin City FM. I'm joined now by Pradeep Mahadishwar. Pradeep is an artist, filmmaker and the founder of Queer Asian Pride Ireland, a support group for LGBTQ plus people of Asian heritage living in Ireland. Together with the Project Arts Centre, they are bringing together the Queer Spectrum Film Festival, which aims to empower members of the queer community and filmmakers of colour and to celebrate their unique stories. Pradeep, very welcome to Curiosity. Hi. Thanks for joining Thank me. Thank you so much for inviting uh, Pradeep, the Queer Spectrum Film Festival, it's running on the 25th of November, so next week. But for those of us who might not know what the Queer Spectrum Film Festival is, can you tell us a bit about it and how it came about? Cool. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me on this uh, talk. Okay, so Queer Spectrum Film uh, Festival is something that uh, come with the dream of Quapi, which is a Bigger Umbrella and the project, uh, Queer uh, Asian Pride Ireland, Kwapi, 
and that is a project about new Irish queerness and new Irish queer identities. So the search is who are uh, new Irish queer, uh, where are they coming from, and their gender and sexual identities. Does all our, uh, new Irish queers and contemporary Irish queers and future of queer Ireland will be only white or uh, where are they coming from, how they look, how they speak, their accent and their uh, personal and social aspiration. So this Queer Spectrum uh, Film Festival is a window and this is, uh, this is Coppy's uh, pilot project to create environment uh, beyond bars and pubs and just weekly going out of the queerness to creating some creative and uh, uh, intellectually stimulating environment and some scope and platform for different people they just want to explore their identities. I think it's a lovely idea actually because it's representation uh, through like a really creative medium I guess. Um so in terms of the movies or the films that you were that, that people can see at the Queer Spectrum Film Festival what kind of movies can we expect to see do we is it fiction or is it non-fiction is there animated movies or is it all documentaries? No this is uh so this is our uh, first year so this is only one uh, this is only one day film festival so it was challenging for us to put a lot of different kind of films in the programming so this year we uh, focus on the short films uh, mostly fictionary but you can see the diversity of demography there are uh, films from indonesia brazil india south africa and also there are films uh, some, some interesting films about bisexuality and uh, queer with disabilities so these are more inclusive subjects that we don't see in the films and the more uh, and we need to show this story more and the main aim of this festival to show these diverse stories on big screen um, and uh, diverse accent and their lifestyle uh, on the uh, sharing with the community. I did notice actually from looking at the, the brochure that th there are quite a few films that originate from Ireland but as you said there's loads from outside of Ireland as well which I suppose further expand, expands that representation which, which is a really brilliant a brilliant idea. Um, was it difficult to get films from 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 other countries to to for because I know it's just the first year, you know what I mean. And everything starts smaller. Um, it it looks like it's going to be a fantastic bill or a big a lineup. But was it difficult to be able to like track down queer uh, movies or films from from other countries for the festival? Oh yes, it was such a f uh, fantastic journey because I'm uh, quite engaged with the with international global uh, film festival for last three years. And two of my film have uh, been showcased in different uh, film festivals across the globe. And that gives me uh, more contact with the different uh, film festivals and curators and uh, uh, artists. So this year, uh, so this was our uh, first year, so uh, Gaze Film Festival uh, director uh, Greg, uh, Greg, he 
he's just some a film from their uh, library and then um, i contacted few uh, of phil microsin uh, in brazil and in ireland and uh, india and south africa to uh, so so it was all personal uh, research um and and as i say it was uh, first attempt so next year we are uh, next year we are optimistic to having this uh, film uh, festival for 2 uh, 3 days and then we will curate and invite applications for sure submission sure and things things will grow right people will hear about it and, and things will grow absolutely because it was such a interesting journey to putting this show because when you are outsider or queer people don't believe in uh, your ideas and that's yeah. what i come across to uh, generate funding uh, which is so important and then totally. i'm navigating and understanding yeah. so this fa- so this year is our template and this is our portfolios to uh, to something uh, they encourage uh, funding from uh, for sure and i'm sure you will because it's a br- it's a such a brilliant idea and it's something that will grow on it and something that you can build on before we finish up right um, and before i let you go you've got your own film screening at the festival it's called skin to skin talks yes that is such an interesting film and that is also something important personal journey because i think in ireland we talk about a uh, lot about a different wide spectrum of issues but we shy and we awkward to talk about sexual uh, racism within uh, the irish queer uh, queer community and that is affecting queer people of color and immigrants their mental health sexual wellbeing and uh, that need to be do more we need to talk about this mm. more about queer people and their sexual lives um and uh, that and all this uh, mental health issue uh, issues come with that uh, racism and exclusion and it's my personal experience that irish uh, gaysin is um, breathtakingly uh, racist and we don't talk about it mm. it is just under the, the carpet and there is so much awkwardness um and the skin to skin talk is about that journey of what uh, brown asian people has to go through mm. uh being queer and being gay so so that is something important uh, thing that i underlined and i got this film selected uh, selected for uh, four or five big uh, uh, film festival so far i wasn't sure to show this in uh, this film festival because i'm directing this film festival but then this copy team encouraged me and pushed me to uh, showcase this film so yeah i'm happy to see again right. project art center <laughs> and i must say thank you to project art center um because i i took this idea and i verbally convey to them and they got it 
So I was so happy and I was like, oh, this is something film festival of uh, about uh, marginalized people. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to present it in marginalized environment. It should be mainstream. Of sure, of course. Because, of course. Th- because this is present and future of Irish queerness. Without a doubt. And I think that's really important. And I think uh, film is such a really clever way of sparking conversation. I think that's what we're going to see with the Queer Spectrum Film Festival if anyone wants yeah. to, if anyone wants to go, if if people are, are listening to this and they're saying, "Oh my God, that that's a bit of me," where can they see it? What think? What can they do? Tell us what tell us what we need oh, to know. Oh yeah, so we are active on Instagram. Uh, you can uh, follow the Queer Spectrum Film Festival Instagram. You, you can also go to uh, Project Art Center website and Instagram. Uh, you can also go to Queer Asian Pride Instagram, uh, and we are under. Uh, in the process of developing copies uh, website but uh, but the uh, main source is Instagram you can collect the booklets from any gay place in Dublin um, and also this is something exciting I would like to share that this festival is not only about Dublin we are also thinking and working on the practical um, uh, plan to take it to Galway and brilliant and Quark so it is more inclusive fantastic. and wide. that's brilliant so like I suppose more people will be get to see these fantastic films Pradeep thank you so much for coming in and, and chatting to us today the very best of luck with it I'm really looking forward to it I missed that last week oh yeah did you it's such a great idea it's a great it's a great it one it was James's idea but you know I he's dead to us. Was now, it? So are, you sh- are you sure? I, I'm not sure. I never heard of him. I don't know. Never heard of him. Mm. Um, anyway, moving on because I've done all the research. Do you know what the best thing about it was? You actually learn loads from doing it. And I'm like, oh my god, that was only then. It's mad. Yeah, it's mad. Okay. So I'm taking us back to 2014, and the reason I'm doing that is James did his coming out year a couple of year, okay. a couple of weeks ago. I think he came out in 1956, <laughs> and so I'm taking us back to 2014. And it's funny because do you know what? Like. And I know loads of people say this, like it's, it's a des- it's a difficult time for people to come out, right, when they're coming out, for a lot of us. Um, I have mental block, I had to double check. I know I posted a selfie like around time mm. on my Instagram, so I'm back and checked what the timestamp was because I couldn't remember whether it was 2014 or 2015. Okay. Is that just old age now? It might be old it age or be. maybe it was just that it was really nice and really freeing for well, you. Yeah, totally. And like, I suppose, yeah, that's true, whatever. I don't know. Are you getting a bit soppy now? No, not really. Not really. I'm just like, take me back. Take me, let me do it all again. Anyway. Botox will. Yeah, well, that's it. That's it. I need, I need to get the book, booking in for Christmas. 2014. Okay. Um, lo- there was loads of things happened. Yeah, right? I'm trying to think of good songs, bangers but, yeah, from then. Yeah, well, okay. We, we'll get to those, yeah, okay. right? Yeah. Um, in terms of legislation, a gender recognition bill was announced in Ireland, right? Okay. So it was announced. It didn't yeah. come in, the law didn't come to like fruition, I suppose, until 2015. But in September of 2014, the government stated that it would be published by the end of the year the bill was introduced on the 19th of December which is like you know like just before the new year and the law allowed legal gender changes 
without the requirement of medical intervention or assessment by the state instead through self-determination of any person aged 18 or over it's essentially meant that people had a choice yeah. you know what I mean for the first time where where if people felt that you know they were trans for example that they, they could be because they decided that they were and that's totally. how they felt they were and we, it was like one of us we were one of the first few states to do it weren't we yeah no yeah, totally like yeah. it's just mad it's just mad and like it's always funny when you look back on these things and you're like wow it hasn't even been a decade yeah do you know what I mean that people it's, it's it hasn't even been 10 years that people have legally allowed to be themselves it's mental yeah it's mental yeah. um this next piece right okay. absolutely dominated the news in 2014 and it's Pantygate. Do you recall? Yes, yeah. I do. Now, yeah. I obviously remembered it fairly well, but I went on to medium.com, right? And um, a person by the name of Chrissy Curtin does a brilliant um, synopsis of it and it's so good. I'm going to just very uh, quickly recap it, okay? Rory O'Neill, also known as Panty Bliss, of course, appeared on the Saturday Night Show with Brendan O'Connor. In an interview, he was asked to name who he thought held anti-gay attitudes. And then uproar ensued, I yeah. guess, right? Yeah. He was, you know, there was defamation, claims of defamation. The episode was eventually pulled from the RT player and an edited version without the interview was put back up. Um, a media blackout happened. Uh, but as it was happening, obviously we have online and support online grew and it yeah, exploded. It went yeah. all over the world. A, an apology was issued. RT yeah. ended up having to pay out like 85 grand to these people because of what was said. And of course... Panty being panty didn't back down. Absolutely um, not. And then it kind of, I suppose, the climax of it all was, uh, I think it was in February of that year, uh, Panty appeared um, and did the noble call. Now, this was the first time I'd ever heard of the noble call as an idea. It was so beautiful. It was absolutely amazing it went on she she, she she did this amazing speech about her experience I suppose of anti-gay attitudes mm. um, and what it was like for her and it was just it, it blew up it went all over the world Madonna was tweeting about it RuPaul was tweeting about it um, I think it was Duran Duran or the Pet Shop Boys or somebody did like a remix of the song like it's wow. brilliant Have a little, I, I bet you it's the Pet Shop Boys it's not pa- Duran Duran I don't think so yeah, I don't yeah. think so but again I'm not an 80s baby so I'm not totally sure but have a, have a listen to uh, a tiny clip Have you ever been on a crowded train with one of your best gay friends and inside a tiny part of you is cringing because he is being so gay and you find yourself trying to compensate for his gayness by butching up a little or by trying to steer the conversation onto safer, straighter territory. And this is you who has spent the last 35 years of your life trying to be the best gay possible. And yet there is still this small part of you that is embarrassed by his gayness. And I hate myself for that. And that feels oppressive. Brilliant. Like just mm. like that whole speech. I listened back to it a couple of days ago when I was preparing for this section and like it just it's just it means so much and it like so much of it resonates with me, I guess. Mm. Um Pandy Bliss then of course that year was nominated for three Pride of Ireland Awards, the Lifetime Achievement Award, Bravery and Special Recognition Award. Totally deserved. And I think um casually named Queen of Ireland. Without a doubt, <laughs> would I say the world? Yeah. Can we get her on? We'll try. <laughs> Come on, Rory. No, she's busy. She's busy. Um Kim and Kanye got married. Got married. Oh my god. <laughs> I 
hate reality television. I'm, I'm your know. worst co-host I know, ever. I know, but like, I'm not going to get into it too much, right? But okay. I am. Uh, they got married. Doesn't matter whether you whether you saw it or not. I can see the pictures in my mind because they were everywhere. Yeah, of course, totally. And like, I'm not a you. Like, I wouldn't sit down and watch the program. But where did they honeymoon? Here. I was about to say literally. Here. <laughs> yeah, well, not far actually. Um, they had their honeymoon here. They arrived, of course, into the real capital, Cork Airport, Aww. on a private jet. They were picked up by black limos and they spent two nights in Castle Oliver, which is like the stunning estate in County Limerick. Uh, they did a cycling... Your house, yeah. Uh, well, close enough. Yeah, well, maybe one day. A, a distant aunt. No, I'm only joking. Uh, they did um, a cycling tour of the Ballyhower Way in the Black Rock Loop, stopping for a picnic. Um, and they also stopped at a local pub to test some Guinness. Apparently, they left a four-figure tip behind the bar. Must have been the best Guinness in the country and we should all go there yeah, after yeah. all these but discussions. I, like pocket change to them. Um, <laughs> Twitter at the time went wild, right? Because Irish people obviously were known for wit like and sarcasm. But like people were saying, oh my God, like Kim and Kanye just seen in Centra getting a hot chicken roll. And like then... With a bank account. Yeah, and then there was like journalists from America like re- like responding to me like, hey, like I, I work for this like this um newspaper or whatever. And they were like asking, could they like use their tweet? And people were like, yeah, no bother. So then what was happening is like all this false information was being spread online like there's a there's a chipper in Cork called KC's right it's a bit of an institution if you're from Cork like like there's always a queue there and someone put up a tweet and like photoshopped a picture of them and it may, it actually ended up on e-news well, yeah, they actually quote, they the quoted it. Yeah, misinformation quote, without a doubt. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's just like so silly. <laughs> uh, other things that happened in 2014: Taylor Swift released 1989 that year. Which is bizarre to me. I can't believe it was that long ago. Three of its singles, Shake It Off, Blank Space and Bad Blood reached num- uh, number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Okay. Which is insane. Yep. She became the first artist to have three albums, each selling one million copies within the first week. Uh, 1989 was the first album released in 2014 to exceed one million copies and topped the Billboard 200 for n- 11 non-consecutive weeks. Like That's a massive achievement. I know nothing yeah. about Taylor Swift well, except it's me. It's yeah. the problem. It's yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, look, I'm not a huge fan either. I'm not a huge fan. Um, and finally, okay. the Grammys this year. Uh, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis won Best New Artist and they led the industry sh- um, in a show of support for gay marriage with their performance of their song, Same Love. It's a gorgeous oh, song. But actually, what they did was, at the, uh, at the Grammys, sorry, they had a mass wedding. A mass wedding of straight but also gay couples, um, and which Brilliant. was which was presided um, over by Queen Latifah at, at the actual oh, ceremony. Oh, she is such a legend. Yeah. Now it was more like it was more a kind of a statement, I guess. Yeah. Because uh, federally, mar- gay marriage wasn't recognised at mm. the time, but like it was a huge statement. Amazing. And that's 2014 for you. I love Queen you Latifah. Got a, you what got, a legend. I know, what a legend. A little education for you there oh, now. Okay, okay. There I'm you, thinking see, now. Aren't you learning from me? Well, what I am thinking is that, can I tell this story? One of my friends, um, they were pregnant at the time and uh, they had their baby and a month later. They called it Queen Latifah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dead right. Anyway, I was meant to be testing James's knowledge in the mystery bop this week. Okay. But he's not here. Okay. So I'm passing the baton on to you. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to give... Being James, I'm thinking 
like a bear <laughs> on a lounger in Lanzarote. Yeah, soaking up the sun. Yeah. Drinking a margarita, he's doing yeah, right. Yeah. Don't anyway. forget to keep fluids. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this song is the lead single of an American artist's second studio album, which was called My Everything. And she was only 21 year old, years old when it came out. My Everything, 21. Um... I thought I was being generous to James with that one, but I could have been more generous to you. Maybe. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I can't. Can I ask for any? No. Hold on. You so can. It, you can it, make it, a guess. Okay. Um, I'm thinking like Christina Aguilera. <laughs> no. Oh God, you're way off. Oh dear. No. No. I don't. I'd say I'm trying was, to think who was 21 there. In 2014. 2014. Um, oh my the God. single de- uh, made its debut at the top of the charts in Ireland and won Best Song at the 2014. MTV Mu- Europe Music Awards. The more I do this, the more you're, you're, I know you're not going to get it. Oh my God. She's uh, mostly known for her music, but you might find her on the musical stage. Okay. Uh, so like kind of Glee's type well, thing? Well, she she's the capabilities of doing both. Okay. She's an international pop star, like icon. All the all the gays at home are... Mariah? Sl- no. No. Oh my God, no. Anyway... <laughs> I'm not going to be allowed in any gay bars after no, this. No, you're am gone. I? You're a, no, oh my God. I'll, I'll reintegrate you into. You can come, <laughs> come with me, and I'll make up the excuses. Um. Any ideas before we go? Taylor Swift. Oh my God. No. Do you think I pick a Taylor Swift song? Anyway. Okay. Look, all that's left for me to do is to say our goodbyes. Okay. Okay. Bye bye, and I'm sorry. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and apologies. Thank you so much as ever for listening. It has been a pleasure. If you want to reach out to the show, you can email us. Our email address is curiosity at dublincityfm.ie. We've also got a dedicated Instagram page now. It's at Curiosity Radio. You can reach out to me. My my handle is podrick underscore WMC. And I suppose we message James. And you can reach out to me, James underscore O'Hagan. There you go. Couldn't have done it better myself. Absolutely brilliant. Right, so all that's left for us to do, Megan, is to play us into next week. Okay. This is the mystery bop. I'm going to be so embarrassed. It's Ariana Grande and Iggy Azalea oh with Problems.